This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstown. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am extremely excited to be here with each and every one of you as we enter Thursday. How's everybody doing? If you're here in the comments, leave a comment. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on with your favorite baseball team. In your opinion, we got football coming up. We'll touch on that a little bit at the end of this episode and preview what's going on next week here at the Barroom Network. The White Sox, those of you who are big White Sox fans, they are currently live on YouTube. You can click on that and watch them while watching me. It's a great time. They just tied the game 1-1 against the Kansas City Royals. YouTube kind of has some really cool graphics, and they did an interview with Vinny uh, Pascantino from the Kansas City Royals, talked about his career a little bit, his life leading up to Major League Baseball, and it actually looks like Andrew Vaughn just hit a baseball to Pluto, and it is 3-1 White Sox. Let's go. Those of you listening to this on the audio version later are going to think I'm a crazy bird. You all know that already by now, but that's great to see, of course. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about some legends in the game of baseball going on right now. Albert Pujols, a couple nights ago, hit his 694th career home run. 694 career home runs. Think about that for just a moment. You have to play. Well, that means two things. It means you are great, and it means you're old. And both of those things apply to you know, Albert Pujols and what's going on with him and his career. We got Skyler in the chat saying, what's up, my guy? My Cubs are still trash is what's going on. Your Cubs had a better August than my White Sox. They went 500, but you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Both teams, in my opinion, are having bad 2022 seasons. One was expected. One was not, I'm not out on 2023 for either of them. So we'll discuss that in a little bit, but back to Pujols, 694 outstanding career he needs six more to pass 700 home runs which is one of the great milestones in the history of major league baseball only barry bonds henry aaron and george herman babe ruth have reached that feat can albert become the fourth man in the history of the world to do it we will see it's gonna be a very exciting finish part of me thinks like, if he goes into the final day of the season with 699, like, what kind of just absolute theater that would be? And would he come back next year to hit one home run? Who knows? We'll find out. He's supposed to retire. He He's so hard set on 
the fact that he's retiring and wow. I'm not sure I buy it. If I was on 699, I would want to come back. There's also a little wrinkle to this Albert Pujols chase for career home run number 700. He's got A-Rod in his way. Alex Rodriguez hit 696 career home runs. Imagine retiring for short if you're A-Rod. I can't believe he did that. I was honestly very surprised. I thought he was going to try and stick it out. I, I believe he retired in the middle of a season, if I remember correctly. But two more for Pujols. He ties A-Rod. Three more, he breaks A-Rod. Six more, he hits 700. We will see how it goes, but your boy is rooting for it. I wore my Angels jersey knowing I would talk about Albert Pujols to begin this show. I know people associate him with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't have a St. Louis Cardinals jersey. If I did, I'd wear it. The other person chasing a ginormous milestone this season is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is one of the very best players in Major League Baseball right now, and he is currently sitting with 51 home runs so far this season. You guys want to hear something crazy? Kyle Schwarber is in second place with, I believe it's 36. I had it in my head, and now I am having a little bit of a brain fart. Okay, hold on. Home runs. Home runs this season. Yep, 36. And it's Kyle Schwarber, former Chicago Cub, of course. Great player. That's a lot in between first and second place in Major League Baseball, though. 51 for Judge, 36 for Schwarber. They're one and two in the entire league. Of course, Aaron Judge is in all likelihood not going to break Barry Bonds' record for the most home runs in a single season by a Major League player, but he might break the American League record for the most home runs in a Major League season by a Major League player, which was set by Roger Maris. Well, can Judge do it? He needs 11 more to tie, 12 to break. It's going to be very difficult. <laughs> he's he's going to have to go on a little bit of a tear. I mean, he's been on a tear all season long. He's got 50 home runs. If I had to guess, I think he is – they are both going to do it. I think Aaron Judge breaks Roger Maris's record. Um, I think Albert Pujols will hit 700 home runs. I have faith in them. Um, Pujols is going to have to play just a little bit more. He really only plays against lefties, which is honestly, it's making what he's doing right now remarkable. The fact that he's like been very good in the second half of this season and it's all being a part-time player, mostly just getting starts against left-handed pitching. And of course, major league baseball teams face right-handed pitchers more often than left-handed pitchers. So it is what it is for him. Skyler says, I would love so much if judge can break the single season record. I agree. So that's what it is right now in terms of those two. When you talk about Aaron Judge so far this season, you're going to get in a conversation about the most valuable player. In the National League, the MVP is pretty cut and dry. It's one of Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. They play for the same team. Right now, I would say Goldschmidt has the edge. I would vote for Goldschmidt to win MVP in the National League if I had one. In the American League, though, I don't think it's as cut and dry. There are people just handing it to Judge right away because he's got this massive lead in home runs. I believe Shohei Otani is the American League MVP. It is just my opinion. I'm going to get flack for it. A lot of my following is New York Yankee fans. I pro That's probably my second most, uh, third most common following. It goes White Sox, Cubs, Yankees. And the Mets are right there, too. So are the Phillies. But... I believe Shohei Otani is the American League MVP. Why? He has 30 home runs, not 51. That's a large gap. That's a 21 home run gap. 
Shohei Otani is 11 and 6 with a 2.67 ERA and a 1.06 walks or hits per innings pitched. That's unbelievable. He's the greatest player in the history of sports, in my opinion. And he's not going to be as statistically dominant as a Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Like if you erased every single goal that Wayne Gretzky ever scored, he would still be the NHL's all-time leading scorer. He has more assists than anyone else has points. It doesn't matter. Like, he's the most dominant player statistically of all time. Um, If you took every single one of Barry Bonds' walks and turned them into strikeouts, he would still have a career higher on-base percentage than Alex Rodriguez. Like, just stats like that are insane, statistically dominant. Otani's not necessarily going to be that because I think he probably started a little too late in his life with his age, but he's going to be remembered as the most gifted athlete who ever lived. I believe as long as he has a good year pitching and a good year hitting, or I guess I should say a great year hitting and a great year pitching, he deserves to win MVP. That's just my stance on it. I know it's boring. Okay. If we hand out 10 straight MVPs to Shohei Otani, that's going to get old. It's going to get annoying. It's going to get tired, stale, any kind of word you want to use to describe it. I don't really care. I don't care at all. I don't care what anyone else thinks either. Aaron Judge, great player, deserves to be MVP. It's just unfortunate that he plays in the same league as Shohei Otani. He's a top five pitcher and a top five hitter or a top 10 hitter. Okay. And last year was the other way around. He was a top five hitter and a top 10 pitcher. He's been a better pitcher this year than he was last year. And the home runs have come down just a little bit this year than last year. But home runs are down across the league. So those juiced balls are gone. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. I mean, look at last year's home run race compared to this year's home run race. There were probably like five or six guys in the 40s by now last year. And Judge is the only one above 40, and he's at 50. So that's where I'm at on the MVP discussion. I would vote for Otani and Goldschmidt if the season were to end today. But ultimately, it's going to come down to what goes on in the month of September. Let's talk a little Chicago baseball. Chicago White Sox, they're playing right now on YouTube. As you heard, my very loud, annoying, crazy call of Andrew Vaughn's home run that put them ahead 3-1. to one. Um, Hopefully, they're able to take this game. I'm not sure what's going to go on with them for the rest of the season. But they've been in a very bad stretch, guys. They lost five in a row after what was a very promising set of games where they played a bunch of good baseball games in a row and everybody was doing their part. The pitching has been phenomenal until it wasn't. And then five straight games of just playing like dog crap. Now, I'll say this. The Arizona Diamondbacks have a bad record. They've been playing hot lately. They've beaten some good teams in the last couple days, even since uh, playing against the White Sox. The White Sox had that bad game against the Baltimore Orioles, which started the losing streak. Adam Engel dropped the 27th out, and then two pitches later, Liam Hendricks gave up a home run that tied the game. I mean, and I give no blame. I mean, Liam Hendricks, yeah, I give blame to him for giving up the home run, and I mean, he threw the pitch. But at the same time, I honestly think Mariano Rivera in his prime, or or Aroldis Chapman in his prime, or Craig Kimbrell in his prime, I probably named the three best closers I've ever seen in their prime, I think all three of them would have given up a bomb in that moment. I mean, you drop the 20. You give a Major League Baseball team free outs, guess what? They take advantage. You give a Major League hitter an inch, they'll take a mile. I promise you that. I promise you that. So 
and then it started this crazy losing streak that they were on. They won yesterday, which is very nice. And the nice thing is the Guardians also lost, and so did the Minnesota Twins. So back within a couple of games of the lead for the division, I'm not sure. See, here's the thing about baseball, guys. I believe that if you go on a 10-game winning streak, you still might not be in first place. Is Cleveland going to lose five games while you go on a 10-game winning streak? I'm not positive that they would. And that's just me being a realist. I call it like I see it. I know I talk my junk about every team. You know, I talk my Cubs junk. I talk my Yankees junk. I even talk my White Sox junk. Real baseball talk. When you're five games out of the division lead, you need more than a 10-game winning streak. You need to win 15 of 20. Okay? You need to win 20 of 28. Like, you need to go on that type of run in order to make the playoffs. If you're the White Sox, you're running out of time. You basically have no room for air. Winning this game that you are currently winning against the Kansas City Royals now is basically essential. Um, Are they basically done? I mean, that's my next bullet point I have written down. I would say... If I had to give my opinion, I believe the White Sox are done. I see realistically a five-game deficit in the division. And when you're on September 1st and the Guardians are what they are, and Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in the league, their pitching staff from top to bottom is outstanding, and they have the best manager in the division, in my opinion, Tito Francona would probably be top five in my power rankings of all managers. If we're being honest, he might be one if I'm being frank with you all. And so my prediction is no, they are not going to people will rip on me if they do end up coming back and making it. And I'll, I'll cheer just like, but you know, one thing you're going to get from me is authenticity and there are people who take my tweets seriously. I feel bad for those people, especially the ones that know me personally, but It is what it is. The White Sox are basically done. Again, if they win today and the Guardians lose to the Orioles later tonight, which is certainly possible, you're all of a sudden only four games back. That's very surmountable. And you play the Guardians five more times, I want to say, and you play the Twins nine more times, I believe. So it's certainly possible. I just don't see it. I think the hole's too deep. Um, Yeah, we'll see what's able to come from it how can they come back well if they were to come back lucas giolito lance lynn dylan cease and johnny cueto would need to all be amazing at the same time in september we've seen it from lynn we've seen it from um cueto and we've seen it from cease giolito has been as up and down as he could possibly be And the last game he pitched was bad, but it wasn't like terribly bad. And he's been self-admitting about how the season has gone for him. I think he's going to take it into the offseason personally, no matter what happens to the White Sox the rest of the season. I'm not out on Giolito in the long term, but I'm out on him the rest of the season. And that's why I kind of don't see that comeback of theirs. Michael Kopech can come back at any time, and I think he's brilliant. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I'm a little worried about the knee. If you would have told me going into the season he was having a little bit of an injury bug in August, I would have assumed it had something to do with his arm. Nothing to do with his arm. His arm's great. It's wonderful. A little bit of knee trouble, had it cleaned out. We'll see if he's able to come back and use it to his advantage. I kind of expected this in a way. 
he had the Tommy in 2018, missed off 2019, opted out of 2020 because of COVID. And then in 2021, he came back as a reliever and he was a very, very good reliever. And then this year he started off as a very, very good starter, but he has never pitched this many innings in a major league uniform. And it caught up to him a little bit. And going into next year, I could see him having a Dylan Cease type breakout. And next year's the year he has to have it for anyone to believe it's ever coming. So it's kind of a big off season for him. And I'd like to see him return and play well in September. The Chicago White Sox did make some September moves. And those of you who are watching, we will get to this for every or for both Chicago teams. The Cubs is a little bit more extensive because there were call-ups and injuries and all sorts of stuff they announced to returning from injuries. But for those who don't know, as of today, every major league team's roster expands from 26 players to 28 players, also known as September call-ups. The Chicago White Sox called up Matt Foster and Adam Hazley. Of course, Matt Foster is a relief pitcher. Adam Hazley is an outfielder. I don't mind calling up Foster. I mean, you're adding an extra relief pitcher that's been up and down, but mostly had good signs throughout this season. I don't see much value in Hazley at all. And Luis Robert just went to be with the birth of his child. Um, I think that's a big deal when he comes back. We'll see if they get rid of Hazley and call up somebody else. And that very well could be the case. But all Hazley is going to be remembered for in a White Sox uniform is running into Danny Mendick and tearing his ACL and forcing Danny Mendick to be out for the season. And that's how I'll remember Hazley, former first-round pick by the Philadelphia Phillies. It's just not working out for him. I feel bad, but he's not a major league baseball player. And it's a very underwhelming um, set of September call-ups for the White Sox. We will see if they are able to come up and make a change as the September goes along. I wonder if I wonder if there's another move to be made. They're not signing Conforto. You had to have a guy on your 40 man by September 1st in order to allow for them to be allowed to play on your postseason roster. So Conforto's not coming. Anybody who's not on the 40 man roster is not coming. Well, I mean, they're going to try in September. It's not like they're going to give up and tank. Like, you know, they decided they weren't tanking when they didn't sell at the trade deadline, but they also didn't buy. So they're, the players and managers and coaches are all going to give it their best effort in September. I just don't think they're going to go above and beyond like they would if they were in first place by 10 games, like they did last year. And that's just the way it is. So moving on to the Chicago Cubs, 500 in August. Impressive, okay? The Chicago Cubs, they're deficient in talent, but they're not deficient in heart. They play well. I really like Nico Horner, okay? All this talk about the Cubs signing a free agent shortstop, that must mean that they're looking at like Bogarts or Correa and they move Horner to second base or they use one of those guys at second base, but I don't see how you get rid of Horner. I mean, he's he's one of your true homegrown players. Cubs haven't been all that with homegrown players in the last couple, even during the Theo Epstein World Series era. They put together a World Series championship team using their brains. It wasn't a lot of homegrown stuff, especially pitching. Horner's not a pitcher. But I'm interested to see how it goes from there. I like what I saw from them in August. Played the Brew Crew hard all year long. They might be the reason the Brew Crew missed the playoffs. I mean, you went 10-9 and against them. It's a game over 500. It's not like you smoked them. But 
in serious talent disparity, you went 10 and 9 against them. You probably should have went 15 and 4 or 4 and 15. If we're being honest with each other, being honest with ourselves, the Brew Crew have a significantly better roster and the Cubs went 10 and 9 against them. That's great. That's the sign to me of a team that when they get a little bit more talent, they can be great. I think about the Chicago Bears. There's one thing I've noticed. I went to a Chicago Bears practice. I've watched the entire preseason. They show lots of heart. They don't take penalties. They're disciplined. They work hard. The talent's going to keep them from winning more than three games. That's just a fact, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to win a lot. The max is like six because of the talent on their team. But if they don't take a lot of penalties, they play disciplined football, it's going to carry over for when the new talent comes in. And I feel the same way about the Cubs. Uh, What are the Cubs playing for? Kind of exactly what I just said. They have a lot of top prospects. It's a top 10 farm system. I believe they are sitting at exactly 10, as we discussed in last week's episode of Crosstown Crosstalk. Um, Brennan Davis, number two prospect. First hit back with the Iowa Cubs coming back from injury. Bomb. Gone. See ya. Friend of the program. Guest on this show last summer. Um, their number one prospect, Peter Crow Armstrong, is just magnificent. The best trade that Jed Hoyer has made since assuming the full-time role as president and general manager of the Chicago Cubs without Theo involved was acquiring Peter Crow Armstrong for Javier Baez. And I believe he probably will play with the team at some point in 2023. That's what you're playing for. You're playing to get through it. You get through September, see what morale really is. You know, is he a full-time player going forward? All right, Patrick Wisdom leads the team in home runs. It's pretty much the only thing Patrick Wisdom is good at is hitting home runs, right? Like, he's so good at hitting home runs. I'm pretty sure that since coming into the league, only like five guys have hit more home runs than him. That's outstanding. Patrick Wisdom's a great home run hitter. But can you put him fourth in the lineup with, like, the OPS and on-base percentage that he has? I don't know about that, you know? That's just not how I see it. If you have Patrick Wisdom as, like, your eighth hitter, and he's cranking out like second leadoff is how they refer to eighth hitters. That's fine. I think Patrick Wisdom can serve a purpose on a winning Major League Baseball team, but he's not like a typical four hitter to me. He's great at hitting home runs, not much of else. Like when I think of the great middle of the lineup players that the Cubs have had in the last 10 years, Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo was a great home run hitter. That wasn't all he was great at, though. Eloy Jimenez, great home run hitter. He also bats 310. I hate batting average, but he also like has a high batting average, hits doubles, hits singles. Wisdom doesn't really do that. Like he's got a couple, but like it's most of his damage has come via the home run. And we'll see what he's able to do going forward. Um, I know it's kind of a shorter episode today. There was a lot going on, and I had to get on here and talk about the White Sox and the Cubs and do kind of a fan address and talk about the legends going through their motions right now. But I wanted to come on and quickly talk for about a half hour about baseball and what's going on. Um, one last story that I wanted to get to was the team that is commonly referred to as America's team. We had Dave Sims, the announcer of the Seattle Mariners, on this show earlier this month, or last month now. Um, the Seattle Mariners are 43-19 and 19 since June 21st. And really quickly before I get into the Mariners, I was just reminded I forgot to say the call-ups that the Cubs made during for September call-ups. The roster moves the Cubs made 
Right-handed pitcher Adrian Sampson and left-handed pitcher Justin Steele have been reinstated. They have substituted right-handed pitcher Jeremiah Estrada returned to the Iowa Cubs. The other substitute pitcher, Brandon Little, Brennan Little, also returned to Iowa. David Bodie has been recalled. And Wade Miley was transferred, transferred to the 60-day injured list. So he's probably out for the year. And that is the, the Cubs and what they've done so far this offseason. Um, the 43 and 19 Seattle Mariners since June 21st, they're winning right now against the Detroit Tigers and they have just been on fire since June 21st. And I wholeheartedly think they're going to end what is the longest playoff drought in the four big sports in the United States. Um, I don't see how they don't. And they've just been so good lately. And I want to give a shout out to the Seattle Mariners shout out Frank Mueller. Who's been on their, 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 their bandwagon all season long. Of course, Frankie's a Cubs fan first and foremost, but we all have second and third teams that we kind of watch and cheer for. Like for me right now, I really, I obviously always enjoy the Boston Red Sox. They stink this season, but I've really been enjoying the race between the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. And right now going into the playoffs, those are probably the two teams in the National League I would root for the most. Um, the Cardinals are fun to watch. I really love Aaron Otto. I remember back when he was on the Rockies and he was on my fantasy team. I kind of became like a secret closet fan of his. And now he's on the Cardinals. I get to see him a little more when he plays against the Cubs. But, you know, what him and Goldschmidt are doing with the Cardinals is fun to watch. So those are the three teams I'm looking at the most. in the NL and the AL, if the White Sox make it, of course, duh. But, like, if they don't, the Seattle Mariners, I think – the Seattle Mariners team is just really good. And Julio Rodriguez has been outstanding. And if you're not as locked into the Seattle Mariners as you can be, you should be because they are one of the most exciting teams. And the day they clinch a postseason berth, fingers crossed, they will go bananas and the city of Seattle will just absolutely love to see it. And there it's, it's just becoming one of the great stories in major league baseball right now. So I'm very excited about what's going on with this league. Crosstown crosstalk is going to go much more in depth with it over the next couple weeks. And I have some big stuff planned for what I'm doing with the show. As we move into the playoffs, I'm looking to have an Atlanta Braves guest to talk about the national league and how the Braves fit in and what's going on with all that. Of course, we'll see if we can get another Seattle Mariners guest. And I've had a Baltimore Orioles guest already, too. We'll see if I can get kind of both of them at the same time because they both went into this season with different types of expectations, but we'll both be equally happy about making the playoffs if they are so able. And I would love to have a Yankees-Mets battle on the Crosstown Crosstalk stream over the next month or so. So that those are the things that have been on my mind. My creative brain has been working hard. The postseason is going to be really fun to cover. And I'm very, very excited for it. Crosstown Crosstalk is an all MLB podcast that focuses in on the Chicago teams just a little bit. And I don't see how it's not anything other than exciting. Um, One thing I wanted to get to also to wrap up the baseball segment of today's show is Chicago White Sox manager Tony La Russa. Tony is missing from the Chicago White Sox right now. Um. He has been dealing with a health issue that I do not feel comfortable talking about his medical testing and all that kind of stuff. But he is in Arizona meeting with his doctors and figuring out his stuff. It sounds like he's not going to be back with the White Sox for at least a little while, if ever. 
And of course, from the bottom of my heart, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he's okay. I have critiqued Tony LaRusa a lot this season. It is nothing more than baseball related stuff. Okay. Managerial decisions, bullpen usage, lineup cards. It has nothing to do with him as a person. He is one of the very great managers in the history of Major League Baseball. I, is he second all-time winningest manager? He's up there. And, you know, three World Series championships, all sorts of accolades as a manager, win after win after win. He was pretty good for the White Sox last year. Just this year, I've critiqued him a lot. It's nothing personal. And I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he comes back and manages the White Sox for the rest of this season if he's able. If he's not able, I wish him healthy, speedy recovery. And whatever's next for him is going to be successful, surely. Um, That's all I have for baseball. Guys, football's coming. Football is coming back. And I'm very excited about it. Um, Tonight, me and Skyler, who is in the chat, We'll be joining our good friends Nick and Jeremy as we head to Husky Stadium where we will see the Northern Illinois Huskies take on the Eastern Illinois something. I have no idea. Eastern Illinois is irrelevant. Um, NIU is going to absolutely smoke them, I hope. And we're going to be there. I mean, I've had season tickets for a very long time now. And... I think um, you're, you're, you know, that actually sounds right. Skyler's suggesting that it's the Panthers, the Eastern Illinois Panthers. That actually sounds incredible. Um, I have not seen their uniforms for tonight. I'm very excited to check that out. Um, maybe you could send that to me in a text message and I will look at it the second I log off of this show. Um, I, I'm very excited for college football. Notre Dame takes on Ohio State this weekend. And there's, a, there's two other ranked matchups that are going to surely be incredible to watch. Um, this is our last weekend without NFL football until the week in between the championship Sunday and the Super Bowl, which is fine. I'm very happy about that. Like football is fully back college and NFL for those looking for content based on all of it. The barroom network is your place to go. Of course, there are plenty of shows that go over college football and the NFL, including this one. I know it's a baseball show and our hockey show bar down talking hockey. We talk football on both of those. I kind of, one centered around baseball and one centered around hockey, but they both dive in and cherry pick football a little bit because we love it. And um, the barroom draft that I will be also participating in will be broadcasting Sunday at 9 p.m. Central. That's going to be very exciting. Um, I'll for sure be drafting. Uh, we'll see if I'm able to make it into the stream at all, but I'm very much looking forward to competing in that league and make sure you tune in for that. Um I think there are so many great shows going over football. Uh, Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls, The Mike North Advantage. Uh, there are just so many great things that that go on on this network to help people learn about the game of football. Of course, Fantasy Football Goon is returning as well. They're just It's so great. And, of course, our shows. The South Burbs Hitmen are going to continue rolling with this White Sox team, seeing what they can do the rest of September. Um, I'm not sure about the Memorial Day plans, but I'm sure there will be an update that comes out about that via the socials. And Bar Down next Wednesday is Labor Day, excuse me. Um, Bar Down next Wednesday, 2 p.m., Crosstown Crosstalk next Thursday, 2 p.m. It's just always great. And I can't thank everybody enough for tuning in today. 
Um, it's kind of a shorter episode than usual, but I just wanted to have kind of like a fan address where I let everybody know what's going on in my brain with our favorite teams and a little update on the Pujols judge story because we haven't talked about it too much on this show so far this season. And I hope everybody enjoys. Make sure you're following the Barroom Network at Barroom Network on Twitter.com. And of course, you can follow me at Vinny Parisi. I leave you with love family, love friends, love baseball, love sports. Thank you very much for tuning in.